You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Emily Condon, who is a landscape architect for land design and is on the board of directors for Partners for Parks right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So let's talk a little bit about it. Now, you know, parks provide real-life environmental, uh, recreational benefits really to everybody. They're some of the most requested amenities in really any community and for good reason, right? They enhance property values, they increase revenue, they bring in home buyers, they create a, a sense of community. The list goes on and on and on, but parks can't do it on their own. It takes folks in the community, businesses, corporations to really keep these parks and green spaces as part of the conversation when budget priorities, land acquisition, or other issues create opportunities for equitable access to parks and green spaces. And in Charlotte, Partners for Parks does that kind of thing and really does that kind of lifting. You know, Emily, like we mentioned, is a landscape architect with land design. But she also sits on the board of directors and is a board member here uh, for Partners for Parks. I, for one, love parks. I love outside. I love that Charlotte has the canopy and hopefully we can keep it. But we've had a lot of people on this podcast over you know the last six years that are committed to that. Maybe it is you know making sure the canopy stays around. But like for me, I'll just give you a quick example. I'm uh, buying a new home. And right now we live on an acre in South Charlotte. And I can walk out of my backyard and I'm in my heaven, right? My wife could care less. To her, it's like more mosquitoes, <laughs> we should move. But like, that's my piece, right? I love being in a city for opportunity, but I love being out of the city just as much. And so we, we had to settle on a half acre, but it's it's awesome because I have my own backyard, I have my own space, there's trees, it's, it's gonna be perfect, right? But the parks thing, I now have two kids, mm -hmm. like five and three-year-olds, give me all the parks, give me the playgrounds, give me the parks, give me the green space. I want all of it. So we're excited to learn about your job, but then also what you are doing here for Partners for Parks. So thank you so much, Emily, for joining us on this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you so much, Emily. And tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Partners for Parks. Sure. Uh, so I moved to Charlotte in 2017 after graduating. I moved down for a job um, at a consulting firm. And, uh, you know, my job worked really nationally. I got to do a lot of greenways and public sector projects um, across the country. And I think with Partners for Parks, I really was looking for more local impact and, you know, using my skill set more locally. You know, we worked in some projects in Charlotte, but, it, you know, there was more I thought I could be doing. Mm, uh, so sure. I volunteered with Partners for Parks on their board, and um, that was in 2019. So I, I'm still involved. Awesome. Still rocking it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you all are doing there and, and some of the work that that uh, enhances Charlotte and, and sure. beyond. Yeah, so Partners for Parks uh, was created in 1996. Uh, you know, the goal is really to breathe life into the community through parks and green space and recreation and really supporting those uh, those things around the greater Charlotte and Mecklenburg County uh, region. And they the organization does a handful of things, um, one of them being a fiscal partner for Mecklenburg County Parks and Rec. So, you know, with people who want to 
donate to parks and donate to greenways, but they don't necessarily want to give money directly to the government. Um, we are kind of that in-between. We can set up a restricted fund for that money to go into and be held, and then that money goes directly to the county when they're ready to use it uh, for that specific park or greenway um, or recreation program. Where do you Very see, cool. so, uh, you know, like we have like an election years coming up or I feel like there's election all the time now, but mm-hmm. you always go on there and there'll be bonds and there'll be things specifically for parks. And I feel like as, you know, I've gotten older, it seems like there's more commitment to parks, creating them. It's more, you know, I'm, I'm, if, if my tax money's going anywhere, build me a park, you know what I mean? Maybe, <laughs> maybe fix the potholes, but like, Hey, let's, let's get right. a park. Have you seen the community specifically in Charlotte? start to wrap their hands around this more and and what kind of role does the private sector play in this right i mean is is it something where we need to really be out there you know in in uh and asking businesses for money and asking them to support it instead of just checking that little box on on the bond tell us about how we as a community can play that role through partners for parks yeah uh, so i guess there's a couple of things yeah, there. It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, in terms of seeing a shift in a lot of bonds coming up to support parks and greenways, I think the community is seeing a shift that m- millennials and people want to live where there are green spaces nearby. They want to live in walkable and bikeable communities. Um, so it's. I think it's really great that, you know, the government is responding to that and supporting um the development of those places and preservation of those places, especially as Charlotte is growing so rapidly and so many people are moving here every single day. Um, so the county and governments, they'll set a budget every year. Um, but, you know, I I think where Partnership Parks kind of fills that gap and helps um, if people want to donate, you know, individually and uh contribute their own money. Well, and the government, they're not going to be able to pay for all of it. Right. right. I mean, and and the reality is, is like, you're going to have to have (laughs) some support, right. To be able to do some of these things. I mean, even go look at some of like a, like a playground's a great example, right. Mm -hmm. Those things are expensive. I got, I should have gotten into the playground building (laughs) business. I mean, it's unbelievable, but those things to me right now, having a five and a three-year-old are so important. Absolutely. Right. Like things I never looked at before. I now can't drive by. And well, my kids definitely can't drive by a park and see it and be like, oh, let's go there. But we have some of the most fun at parks, taking them to Freedom Park, just just it, having fun. We were out there at the Arts Festival. It was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. And, and that's just a park setting that created an event. And it was incredible. My kids had the best time ever. Um, so all of that's amazing. Now, tell me, with you being in landscape architecture and with Partners for Parks, sure. are you guys supporting the actual design and build around these as well. And how does that kind of play, right? So like you obviously have your job where Mm -hmm. you are a landscape architect, but then at the same time with Partners for Parks, are you guys taking that skill set and helping design things? Like what is the role there? Is it more just financial to be able to get that into the build or do you guys actually help maybe with the design and everything else around that? That financial aspect is just kind of one leg of what Partners for Parks does. Uh, Another thing we do is a lot of advocacy for greenways and parks, you know, showing up in the community and um, helping to advocate for more high quality green space and making sure that all residents are within 15 minutes walking uh, distance of a park. Um, And then there's also 
activating the park. So, you know, the county can create a park and it's beautiful on opening day and it, it they have the operating budget to maintain that over the years. Um, but then there's the little things, you know, does the, the bocce court have bocce balls right. there? Is, um, you know, are things still in good condition? Does the playground equipment need to be replaced 10, 15 years down, down the road? Um, so Partners for Parks can help kind of uh, supplement with those funding with that funding. Um, Partners for Parks does not do design and um, planning of these facilities, uh, but I think the advocacy and just like helping with the activation and and bringing the people to the parks um, is kind of part of what we do. Um, the planning and design I get to touch um, a lot of that, especially with trail work at Land Design, and I I love that. Um, and it's really cool to be on the, the community side aspect, too, with Partners for Parks and, um, you know, kind of get to see both both sides. What are, what are some of your, your big projects that are coming up and that you're most proud of and that we should be expecting as citizens of Charlotte to, to <laughs> no be pressure. seeing soon? You know what I mean? In my personal portfolio? Yeah, sure. well, or, or just your work. Yeah, sure. Or your team's work or what's sure. coming up, like what we should be expecting. Um, yeah, Land as, Design, um, they do the full breadth of design work um, into construction. We have many studios within the Charlotte office that are working on a ton of amazing projects within the Charlotte area and beyond. Um, a lot of my work really uh, cir- circles around public sector work. I really you know, find my passion there. Um, so I'm working on some trail projects with land design, including the Seam Trail, which is the old Mooresville to Charlotte trail, if you've heard of that. Um, it w- intended to follow the future red line that oh, yeah. goes from Charlotte up to Mooresville. And then there's a parallel trail facility um, that th- has been rebranded to the seam that is has been uh, it's in, it's being planned right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's ongoing. Very cool. um, but, you know, so there's that that project has been um, really great to work on. Um, I, I'm fairly new to land design in the last four months or so. So um, that's been a great project to be on my on my plate and be working on that. I love it. I mean, I, my neighborhood now backs into McAlpine Creek Greenway, and it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it it's is. Th- the access to the greenway that we have, and and the dream of it being you know all connected is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's something that Charlotteans should be very blessed to have. And it seems like if you live in Charlotte, you're at least five miles mm-hmm. from one of those and probably a lot closer Absolutely. to an entrance Absolutely. And if you look at the regional master plan, you know, we're looking 20, 30 years down the road. And um, if we can get funding and, you know, get all the property acquisition, uh, good to go, that future network is just going to be amazing. It's so connected. Um, you could you would be able to bike, you know, from university area all the way to South Carolina, all the way to Matthews to to Belmont. Um, it's really, really amazing. Um, and, wow. and I think Charlotte has been really picking up momentum with greenways. The county is working so hard on so many greenway segments. And um, it's really exciting to look 10 years down the line and see what's going to be constructed. It is. And you should everybody should go to uh, partnersforparks.org slash funds slash. And click that 
and you can literally look at all of the projects and you'll probably find one in your backyard. And I think you can click on those and donate directly to that project. Is Absolutely, that right? Absolutely. Yep. So that's amazing. It, no matter where you live, like we have Friends of Hickory, we have Huntersville Greenway, you have, you know, Greenway McAlpine Creek, which is mine. Look, I could donate to my own Greenway. That is really cool where it's not just going into a pot, but you can literally find the Greenways or the, or the areas around you that you can donate to. That's fascinating because I thought this was might go into a pot and you guys just decide kind of where it needs to go but you literally can donate to the Greenway right behind your house. Yep. And like I said, that's in a restricted fund. So 100% of that will go to the intended use. Um, our board is all volunteer, you know, on our own time and um, just a team of passionate individuals who uh, volunteer. To- I love it. I mean, you have se- there's 79 projects right now being funded. Mm-hmm. Um, go look at it. <laughs> I mean, and it's also really neat. I mean, this is every part of Charlotte. You can imagine I'm going through it right now. Um, that's fantastic. You guys also do some cool events, um, as well. Um, how, what are those events like when you guys do that? And and what are you guys trying to achieve when you guys do these events? Sure. Uh, so we are the nonprofit sponsor for the open streets program. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Big fans, big fans. Yeah. It's coming back for, uh, the first time since COVID. COVID, The first event is starts October 8th Mm -hmm. and then the 15th and the 22nd. And those are one to five. Um, we're really excited about that. Uh, and it's just really great to see the community come out and just enjoy their streets. Um, you know, I think people forget that city streets are public property. Mm -hmm. It's public space. And, um, you know, closing those streets off to cars and being able to walk and bike and roll, um, around them, it just gives you another perspective of your city. And, um, it's really fun to see your neighbors. Oh, I 100% agree. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Um, you're very young, and <laughs> and you've obviously just been with Land Design for a little bit, but you've you've been a landscape architect for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Where do you see kind of the, the I'm going to say this crazy, but in the future of kind of our world, right? Like we're continuing to grow. There's more and more people. As a father of a five and a three year old, that's the thing that kind of keeps me up at night. Like, what are my kids going to have to deal with in their life? Right? Like, is there going to be a time in their life where you know, they can't just breathe outside. I know that sounds crazy, but it, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's a, yeah, it, right. And and it's important for us to be able to keep green space. I mean, absolutely. I grew up in the city of Atlanta and I will tell you when I moved to the area that I moved into in Roswell, it was horse farms. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And I'm not saying it's not beautiful. Roswell people don't come after me. I know it's nice, <laughs> but it's a lot different right? Now you have four and five lane highways that are running through that used to be a two lane road that was Mm -hmm. 35 miles an hour. Now it's 70 miles an hour. And it's just different, right? You look at it, it's like we're replacing trees and and beauty with concrete all over the place. And I understand there's a need for that. But in your world, like how important is it us or is it for us to continue to build these parks, continue to keep this green space and do those for those generations in the future? Because could you imagine a world where there wasn't a park that like your kid <laughs> no. can't play at? You know what I mean? Like, I know that might be drastic, but the reality is, is that space is limited. Yeah. Go look at Japan. They're building up because there's no more room to go sideways, right? Like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, it's very curious to me as far as where you see the future of that and, and how important it is right now for us to continue to, to plan, but also budget that and, and be prepared for the future. Yeah. Climate resiliency is 
a huge topic in our field. We're always having conversations about that, how we can design things to be more resilient to changing temperatures, changing weather patterns and all of that. Um, I think, you know, preservation of these green spaces, like you said, is is huge. Thinking about um, how we utilize those green spaces. Are they, you know, being also used for stormwater management and to, and to handle the increased frequency and um, momentum of storms that are happening. Uh, and then there's also thinking about, uh, you said, you know, widening roads. I think there needs, there's kind of a breaking point of we need to have a full modal shift. Was, we need to get people out of their cars and stop relying on the cars for their day-to-day travel. I think that would be a huge step in reducing our carbon footprint, um, you know, living in more mixed-use communities that you're, it's not a suburb where you have to drive 15 minutes to a grocery store and 15 minutes to a park and 15 minutes to your friend friend's house. It's, you know, living where you work, where you play, and being able to walk and bike to those places. I think that's going to be a huge, um, a, a huge shift that um, populations need to make. Uh, and I think, you know, People, millennials are wanting that um, just for quality of life. You know, it, people want to not have to sit in traffic for 30 minutes to get where they <laughs> 10, need to 10, 15 go. hours a week. Exactly, like, exactly. Know, two yeah. full work days in the car. Yeah, so yeah. I think designing for that, you know, there's a complete streets uh, movement going on where it's thinking about streets a little differently. And they're not just for cars. They're for bikes. They're for pedestrians. Um they're places for social interaction. It's not just one person in a two-ton vehicle sitting by themselves. There's um, better usage of space, you know, parking. Using public space for car storage is not the best use of space. So mm-hmm. can we turn that into planting strips or a shared-use path for bikes and pedestrians? Is the overall or consensus of uh, Charlotte's leadership and our, you know, government um, – are, are they focused on these things? Like, is it, it's, it appears that it's happening, right? Like the development in Ballantyne and the One Crescent's doing uh, the River Walk and mm-hmm. all of those things you just described seem to be happening in, in different pockets of our city and county. Um, do they seem really hyper-focused on, on making sure that happens and working and partnering with developers and yeah. things like that? Yeah, my experience uh, with Charlotte staff has been overwhelmingly positive, and they're um, very much looking for, looking ahead and, and trying to make this a, a great place, a green place to live. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as development goes, the UDO, the new Unified Development Ordinance, was passed uh, and put into put into action in the last couple of months, and there's very specific regulations for you know preserving trees on new developments, you know, what that looks like, how much area needs to be planted and impervious versus pervious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would I would say for sure. Density is such a <laughs> big <laughs> issue, right? Yeah. Like we're we're all impacted by that. I'm I'm four I'm 4 miles from here. I'm very fortunate 4 miles from my office mm-hmm. and depending whether school's in session or out, it may take me 10 minutes, it may take me 20 minutes. Um but then I'll also see all of the apartments and everything built in between, and we're just packing, you know, we're packing however many hundred more people in that same area with that same road, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yes, please put the bike lanes and the greenways. At the same time, the greenway connects 
from my house to here. Mm-hmm. So I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, matter of fact, want to put a shower in that bathroom, and I'll start biking to work. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, uh, it'd be corp- freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. a lot you of know? offices are, are starting to do that, starting to provide bike storage right. for their employees to encourage you know green modes of travel, and it's really great to see. I think that's awesome. It like, is awesome. We're, that'll reduce traffic, and totally. you get your exercise, so it's a win-win. That's right. Win, right? <laughs> we, we recently bought a home in Cameron Wood, and my son just started elementary school, and the coolest thing that they have in their neighborhood is they're connected to Smithfield Elementary. Oh, that's great. And they create Created the, the neighborhood, literally two neighbors were like, we're going to create a path in between our yards mm-hmm. where you can basically take a golf cart or you can walk your kid or you can bike. So they have bike racks right there in the school. So I my son's not old enough to bike, but I, I drop him off and we get to walk into school every day. We go down this little path. Like it's the best start to a morning Yeah, because I get like a half a mile little walk in. But it's fun to yeah. like walk in there instead of just sitting in the carpool line and waiting in that for 30 minutes. It's like we just get to park on the side of the street in our neighborhood and just walk right through that little path. I love it. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. So thank you, Cameron Wood, for doing that and Smithfield for allowing that. <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask is there's a lot of people, and, and this is kind of the, the the category that I fall into. I say it all the time. You know, I'm not somebody that can write a $10,000 check, right? I got a five and a three-year-old. They're expensive. Um, but I can volunteer my time. I can volunteer sure. sharing things on social media. We can bring you on the podcast, right? I can utilize the things that I have in my you know toolbox to support it. How do people get involved if they can't necessarily, you know, write a big check? Can they volunteer? Tell us some of those opportunities that the community can support this, uh, in addition, obviously, to to uh, to donations. For sure. Um, so, you know, from a Partners for Parks standpoint, we are accepting applications for new board members. Um, and that can be a simple email to our, our info email on the website. And we can send you an application if you're interested in getting involved with our organization. Uh, there's also an, a volunteer program through the Mecklenburg County Parks and Rec, and they have tons of opportunities to volunteer in different ways to get involved with your local community and support parks and greenways and um, nature preserves around the region. Um, I love it. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever um, worked with any, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but it's a personal story. So I grew up in Roswell Mm -hmm. and for my Eagle Scout project, we actually approached the Roswell wreck and there was an area of a park that they, they were not utilizing that we thought we could utilize. Right. And so Uh we actually created an in, I call it an in home or like an in town campground for the wreck to be able to use this as a place to learn how to go camping, right? So if it starts storming and your four-year-old's like, I hate this, you can get in the car and be home in like two seconds. But we built all these little tent pads and we built a big campfire ring and we built a picnic area and we put all, we, we added more trees and that's still being used by the wreck today, right? That's and awesome. it's a really cool program where the scouts get to use it, but also the wrecks created this like intro to camping. So all of these parents get to utilize that to do it. And it was just really, really cool. Have you guys ever worked with any like Eagle Scout projects or have anybody ever approached you on that? Or would it be something that would be interesting? Because there are, you know, as a former Eagle Scout, now we have girls and scouts as well. I sit on the executive board. Mm-hmm. There could be really cool opportunities to take some amazing 15, 16, 17 year olds um, who have to do the entire project themselves. They have to fund it themselves, but maybe smaller projects where they could get in touch with you and say, hey, this park needs a couple of benches built. This park mm-hmm. needs, you know, a new one of the little book things or this park needs this, whatever it could be. Um, has that ever happened? And I know I'm just putting you on the spot, but it could be cool. Not to my knowledge, uh, I think that would we would definitely be interested in yeah. partnering with that and partnering with the county on that because I think there would be, you know, some steps through the county for that project to, you know, 
Cool. All right, I'm going to make the intro. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, I, it just popped in my head. I'm like, oh, look, I did a project for the wreck, and it's still being used, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so that could be just a cool you know, avenue. If there's, if there's smaller projects or things that you're like, hey, I mean, we won't have to fund it. We don't have to do it. The scout has to literally do it all themselves. So, hey, I'm just throwing you a lead. Um, <laughs> Love it. Other than that, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, with the future of this, obviously we've talked about volunteering. We've talked about, you know, donations. We've talked about events. Overall, what as our community, what do we need to do, right? Like, what is the big thing? Is it is it just awareness? Is it donations? Is it is it talking to um, you know politicians? What is the thing that we can do as as a homeowner or a, a person in this community um, that can help you guys? I think you know advocating for parks in your community, um, being a park and trail user, and uh, is the best way to uh, support your parks. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, Board of Com County Commission meetings happen once a year. They discuss the budget. If you advocate for funding for parks and recreation funding for property acquisition for greenways, I think that's great. Um, we try to show up to the, the meetings, especially when the budget time comes around to really say that – People want this. People mm -hmm. are begging for this. Uh, please support. Please continue to support Parks and Greenways. Um, but yeah, I think just being a user and knowing your parks, loving your parks uh, is is a great way. <laughs> Love it. Great answer. Yeah, this yeah, is awesome. So what is the best way for people to get in touch with you or get in touch with Partners for Parks? Sure. Uh, so we have an info email at partnersforparks.org. Um, my Partners for Parks email is emily at partnersforparks.org. It's pretty simple. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. And awesome. if you're a developer and you're developing something without a park, we're going to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, just a lot of you guys are doing there's new new guidelines. On yeah, that. they're yeah. doing. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of yeah. the new development. Um, it seems like they're. It's a big yeah. important part, right? I mean. If I looked at a new place to actually one of the biggest things that why we moved into Cameron Wood is because they had this whole they have a lake. Mm -hmm. They had this whole athletic field. They have tennis courts. They have the pool. But like it's beautiful. And I'm like, that's right outside my front door. So it's not my backyard, but it feels like it. Yeah, I, I love it. So yeah, people want to be outside. I 100%. think it's part of human nature to really need that connection. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, 100%. thank you so much for for joining us. Best of luck at Land Design. I know you're you're fresh in uh, over there, but they're an amazing team and do amazing work. And thank you for being on the board uh, for Partners for Parks and everything that you've done in that arena. You know, hopefully our community will continue to wrap their arms around you and, and be able to help you not only fund it, but volunteer and advocate uh, and do what we can to make sure their parks are, are important for our kids in the future. So make sure Graham and, and Cash have parks, people. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Thank no you. Pressure. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, like we always say, please like, share, comment, go connect with Emily on LinkedIn, uh, go connect with them on Instagram. If you have any questions, reach out to me or Scott. Again, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.